everyone. Welcome to the OFD podcast. I am your host, site manager, emperor, supreme and defender of the faith over at onefootdown.com on the SB Nation network. And with me tonight, editor Brad Wechter. Brad, what's up, buddy? Here we are. We're just talking about Notre Dame sports, you know. I know. And before we got uh I mean before we hit record, uh we're we're just over here cussing out college basketball. Like this is we're that late in the season where we're uh you know, we're firing up a football podcast, and yet, you know, the number one thing we're talking about was college hoops. <laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> I guess, like, you know, you can look back to, like, 2016, like, that's what you were looking forward to. Like, please, God, someone get us to the, you know, college basketball season, get the get us the fuck out of this. Uh, but, you know, this year really isn't like that, but it feels it, – it's just, there's just been such an ominous feel to the football program uh, over the last, you know, three weeks that, yep. you know, you're kind of there. But I, so I, just a, you know, a shout out to Notre Dame hoops from last night. You know, tough, I mean, it was a tough game. Uh, Notre Dame had the lead going into into the half, and and really, it was the Cole Anthony show in the second half. He took off and was amazing, and he's everything that the recruiting ranking said he was. ACC Network is a bunch of bastards for showing Greg Anthony on my television screen for most of the game. That's bullshit and not very good foreshadowing for Notre Dame Duke. Like I said in the edit preview, I mean, are we going to have fucking Bobby Hurley on a quarter of the screen or playing Duke? Uh, I don't know, uh, but there's chances are, you know, if Christian Leitner's there, he's going to be on a quarter of your screen for like half the game, I guarantee it. Uh, but, you know, I was, I was fairly – Here's I'll just going to talk real quick about the basketball game last night, and then we'll move on to football. But a couple of things that, that stood out to me. Number one, I ragged on Prentice Hub immediately uh, in that game, like hard. Like I usually don't blow up on a guy pretty quick that hard early, and I did. And then he completely shoved it back in my face. So uh, shout out to Hub. I, I thought, you know, if we can get that out of Hub and Gibbs um, most games, especially during ACC play, uh, well, we're going to need some shooters. That's encouraging. Uh, we need a lot more out of Jawan Durham uh, inside. That seemed a little weak. Uh, John Mooney just needs to probably to, just to get his feel back a little bit. Um, but then, you know, look, Cole Anthony. And Brad, you said it you know, earlier. You know, there was a Reddit thread talking about, eh, Cole Anthony doesn't really impress me. And I laughed because, like, that was the feeling I had early on in the game. And then oh. uh, and then he took over, proved why he was a five-star, one of the best players in the country, and why he should be in the NBA. And the uh, one-and-done rule is the absolute worst thing for college basketball possible. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, quick thoughts from you, uh, you know, on the game. Yeah, I mean, like we said, Cole Anthony, I mean, that that's a very good basketball player. And on the other side, like, who draws North Carolina as their first game of the year? That's just – that's that's some, like – you know, even though the moves it a lot, stuff. even those guys lose it a lot, they still have Cole Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> they still recruit they're, like yeah. be, they're, they're recruiting one and done guys. So you're going to get talent shoved in your face regardless. Yeah, no matter and who this, you are, no matter when. Like th- that's just how that works for that program. And I, you know, we're going to see North Carolina again this year, and I think things will probably go differently. And it might be closer. It might be a win. Like I, I don't know. Like. I mean, without Cole Anthony, Notre Dame, you know, if he wasn't on the court, I think Notre Dame wins that game last night, right. 10, 12 points. So, right, absolutely. I, and that was, you know, first game of the season. I think there's a lot to like. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm ready. I, I, you know, I'm ready to yeah. start beating up our cupcakes <laughs> yeah. all the way. <laughs> and well, then, uh, you know, get into conference play in January. <laughs> I mean, how much do you love Mike Bray teams with experience? And that's what we got. We got Rex Fluger's coming back. Like John Mooney's on the team. Like, yeah, we can talk about Prentice Hubble. And I thought, want, I thought Rex Fluger for statistically didn't have a very good night, but I thought, no, but he'll be def- back. Like defensively though, he really, he was the spark uh, to get Notre Dame that lead going into the half. I mean, that, yeah. that was a lot to do with Rex's play on the defensive side of the ball. And look, and that's what we missed a big time last season. Oh, big so, time. Yeah. So, all right. So that was our hoop stock. So I, I know there's people probably fast forward and are like, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Stop talking and, about basketball. We get it. You're optimistic. Well, you know, okay. the problem is, no. is like probably half these sons of bitches are Duke basketball fans. I'll call you out. I'm not afraid to lose readers or listeners if you're a, a double sweater wearing mother effort. Yeah. I, hey, Mr. Indiana fan. We don't yeah, care. Back off. I don't yeah, no, I mean, like people don't believe me. Like some guys I was talking to, uh, some friends of mine, they don't believe me that there's Duke basketball, Notre Dame football fans. I said, are you kidding me? Yeah. They're uh, everywhere. Yeah. The, they thought it was, they thought it was just an IU Notre Dame thing. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's for people no. living in Indiana. Elsewhere throughout the country, there are, it's Duke Notre Dame. And they were blown away. And I'm like, you shouldn't be. Yeah. I'm like, this is. So and the, you guys are all bastards. They love the so, Yankees. I mean, so that's what Notre Dame's got polls this week. And I have dubbed this our hashtag most or our most hashtag go ACC game of the year because it is. Uh, we're going down to a little uh, Wallace Wade Stadium uh, to play Duke. <laughs> and it's just, it's fancy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I. There was, there seems to be like a, a general overall concern with the football program right now. And I get it. Um, but something I kind of um, brought up a little bit today, and I can't remember where in the hell I brought it up at, but, um, you know, I kind of feel like as stupid as that Virginia Tech game was, and it was dumb. I mean, yeah. you have a 244 to 85 advantage at halftime, and you couldn't, and you were tied. You know, we didn't do a post Virginia Tech podcast. I apologize. We're all busy, crazy, blah, 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 blah. So, but I mean, just the way that they wa- they end up winning that and the story being, you know, it was Ian Book, essentially, that won that. I mean, it was Clay, it was Chase Claypool, but, right. <laughs> but Ian Book winning that football game, you know, I just kind of brought up that it, I think a lot of the world got lifted off of Ian Book's shoulders. Now, how much of that stays off the shoulders? I don't know, but I guess for a team that that played extremely tight against Virginia Tech, for a team that got blown out of the water literally up in Ann Arbor, and kind of didn't have their best game against USC. You're talking about three weeks in a row, you know. T- but I think the way that that ended against Virginia Tech, I kind of think that they're going to come out against Duke fairly loose fairly ready to go almost re-energized in a sense where, you know, a lot of those bad Jews, you know, those bad juju, bad vibes, whatever you want to call it are kind of gone now. Not all the way gone, but you know, they're, it's not sitting there staring them right in the face. Right. They go out there, play loose, play fast. And I think that might allow for a little bit more efficient play, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, uh, your point about like sort of exercising those demons and just like, these are games that Notre Dame used to lose has a lot of 
validity. I mean, think about it. Like in 2015, would you have been confident with a Notre Dame team that was down by six points against an ACC school? Because I mean, think about it. 2015, like that they did not deliver that win against Stanford. That, right. That's, that's, oh, well, that's yeah, because 2015, he still got Brian Van Gorder at. <laughs> right, but, <laughs> but that was but yeah, so you're, you're but chopping. Was, yeah, but but I, still, I think we, I would have had confidence that they would have scored. But if there was anything more than two the seconds, stop, if there yeah. was anything more than two seconds left on the clock, uh, yeah. I would have been pissing my pants thinking they're still going to lose this. So so go back further. I mean, the, this is a Tyrone Willingham team that loses to Pittsburgh. It's a Charlie Weiss team that loses to whoever. Like this is a team that. We're not used to that whole like idea of and and a lot of people I'm associated with call the Notre Dame moment where they come back and they they score the touchdown and they win the game. It's a Notre Dame moment. But we're not used to that. Like we, no, we don't get that. No, what we're used to, I mean, and look, I think okay, a little bit of that's unfair because through the Brian Kelly era, there has been some some great comebacks, if you will, or or and close wins. Because a lot of Brian Kelly games have been close uh, games, but you know, just that extra point, you know that that yeah. was if they if that would have botched the whole thing and the, it's a tie ball game, I wouldn't have batted an eyelash. Like no, that, that would have been so Notre Dame. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, for the for all that to 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 happen the way it did, uh. I know it's small. I know it's ridiculous. I know Virginia Tech is not good, but it was just a, a series of events that day that was all leading up to one of those weird Notre Dame losses, and they walked out with, as a winner. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So all the like nonsense that comes with a a loss of that nature doesn't really exist. So yeah, so I think I mean I think they're only like seven point favorites this week, like six and a half or something like that, and I think that. I mean, I really think that they're going to go down, uh, you know, down to Duke. And I think they're just kind of going to put it on them a little bit. I don't, I know there's lots of people that have very strong opinions about uh, Chip Long and this offense. And look, I am with you, a lot of you, in the regards that it just is not pretty. It is not working that great this year. Those opinions are valid for sure. Yeah, I, I think all opinions about – I mean, there's an opinion out there that, that you know, we may – we're calling play calling, but we don't know this and that. I, I And I get that. I know I know plays to set up plays. It's all – it is what it is. But so so much of it seems like out of sync and out of, you know, out of character really for what this team has done the last couple of years with Long. But I just kind of think like it almost all flows back in, in down there. Maybe I'm complete, I mean, look, we're missing our two best offensive linemen and Tommy Kramer and and um, true. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, thank, thank you, Hazy. Yep, big part of it. But uh, you know, I just I still kind of think that you know, I I think that it's going to come together this week on the road, away from the bullshit, and uh, you know, they're going to put on a little bit of a show. You know, and they're going to need they really do need to put on a show. I mean, they need to. Prove not just Notre Dame fans, but prove to college football playoff committee just for you know their own sake for a cotton bowl bid, right? You know, that they are legit. You know, so many people talking about this game, you would think that Notre Dame's like unranked, uh, as opposed to being ranked 15th in the nation, right? Right, 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 yeah. You know, so I mean, look, and if all things 
if the things work out the way we, I think they're going to work out. Notre Dame's going to end up ranked ahead of Michigan in the final poll, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> I would laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, that'd be fantastic. I mean, Ohio State's going to roll them, so. Right, yeah. I mean, nobody's beat. I, I've, I've said this to a lot of people this year. Nobody's beating Ohio State. They're just, no, they're just unbelievable. They're, you know, I got a couple of messages after the rankings came out from people. Um, you know, look, if you're if you're a fan and I'm on social media, you could message me. I'll I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll ask me a question. I'll shoot it back to you. No, no problem. And I got a lot of them this week. And uh, it seemed like there was a general consensus from them that they were pissed that Ohio State was ranked number one. And my answer was, nah. I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're these guys. Are, I mean, to, they are the best team in college football that I've seen play this year. Oh yeah, and they're the most impressive to me. They've been the most impressive team. So, you know, I mean, LSU's right up there with them. I mean, I would go Ohio State, LSU, Bama. Um, I don't really think Penn State should be there at four. Uh, but I'm not really sold on Clemson either. As like, right? It's yeah. got it's kind of like a. Yeah, that's kind of a catch twenty two with both. I mean, who the right and and who do you talk about after Clemson? Like that's when you get into the Floridas and Georgias, and it's just like, well, mm. yeah. And I, you know, Georgia, I was impressed with with how they handled Florida, so that was good. But at least good for Notre Dame in a, in, a, in a sense. Uh, but anyways, Notre Dame going down to Duke, and I think tonight during um, Brian Kelly's uh, radio show. They t- uh, the question came up about two back sets. You know, th- this is what we've been promised for like two, three years, right? Right. And no one yeah. can stay healthy. But it seems that both Tony and Jafar are ready to go this week. And so we might actually get a two back set. Let's <laughs> see it. Uh, this is something that was floated <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. So uh, Kelly had said something to the effect of uh, uh, you're, you might see that this week. So I kind of got a feeling that the offense they wanted to run in August, regardless of personnel, is the offense that they're going to be able to run against Duke. And that kind of has me excited and intrigued. Okay. So I that's I guess that's where my, I don't want to say confidence, but I mean, I, I gave a pretty bold predict. I mean, like 41-13 or some shit like that is what I, uh, what I predicted for the game. Yeah, I, I just, I just kind of think they, they come out and roll. See, I went with 17-13 because I just don't trust this team anymore. Ah, well, yeah, and I get that too. I, I, that, normally I would be like, are you fucking kidding me? But yeah. no, I, to- I totally get that and understand that side of it. I mean, I think it goes one of two ways there, right? Like it's like yeah. the, the close one score game or it's a blowout. I just, it's going to go one way or the other. I don't think it's going to be like a 28. I, I don't really consider like 28-13 a blowout. Yeah. Um, well, that was my pick for the Virginia Tech game because I didn't think it would ever be like I I didn't think it was going to be a blowout, but I didn't think it was ever going to be in doubt. These and are then, just like, bad offenses that we're facing. Like, yeah, Duke is not a good offense. Right. Like, they have they have a good defensive line, and you know the, they can do some things. And they they do a lot of movement up front, which actually worries me uh, in the running game because they do a lot of different stunts and all that. And with Patterson and 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 all that, I kind of. Right, yeah. Have had some issues. But anyways, but they they're offensively, they're just they're not very good. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, not very good. I mean, they're the quarterback could barely fucking throw a pass. Yeah. Uh so I just don't see points. 
unless they're a weird point, like a 98 yard fumble return would be a way that Duke could score some points. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just a guy blatantly push it off offensive pass interference, but not getting the flag is a way they could get some points. Uh, so, you know, I, I just, I just feel that Notre Dame is going to come together offensively. And because Duke isn't that good on offense and our defense, I mean, outside of the Michigan game, which they were kind of left out to dry, you know, in the rain. Yeah. I, I think they've still played pretty well this season. I mean, Georgia game should still be what we look to. I mean, this is still the same personnel set, you know, that, that we had. I mean, I think Dalen Hayes was a bigger loss than anyone admitted at the time. Yeah. But Jameer Jones has been, look, Jameer Jones has been our best defensive end. Yeah. You're right. It's just, I don't know. It, it feels nuts to me. I, and I get the, I get your prediction and I understand it. And I give that a lot of weight, but it just, I can't put that in my head. Like I'm, I'm starting to piece it all together. And I'm just like, I've seen this too. I've seen Brian Kelly teams, you know, with their back against the wall and come, I mean, come out and just pa pa pa. So I'm kind of, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe it's just, maybe it's because things have been kind of bleak. Uh, it's been a bad week and a half for me, two weeks. <laughs> maybe I'm just, I'm needing something good. I don't know. Well, but no, you have a point. Like I, I think about like the 2009 team that came out or 2011 team that came out and just blasted Utah that was ranked in the top 25. Two, when that, like, 2010 team. 2010. Kelly's first, yeah. Kelly's first year. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a prime example of a Kelly team being backed up against the wall and comes out and just blasts a ranked opponent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and these are games we bring up all the time, you know, 2010, Utah, 2012, Oklahoma. Yeah. And look, and look, it, you know, everyone had them losing by 17. And, uh, and look, Duke is not 2010 Utah and they are not 2012 Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, this team is better than 2010 Notre Dame and better mm-hmm. than, well, they're not better than 2012 <laughs> Notre Dame, but, but I mean, they're offensively, they should be. I I just I I don't know. There I saw some things from me and book like that fourth down, like where's that route been? Like they, they brought that up today on Irish Illustrated Podcast. And O'Malley, yeah. I know he's banging his head against the wall about um, you know, just the route trees that they've been running this year. Like Claypool, like if if Book is gonna rip a throw like that, and that was a hell of a throw. Mm-hmm. Why are we running more of those? I mean, it's I know it's not as simple as that. But at the same time, yeah, it's as fucking simple as that in college football. I yep. mean, you ISO, you're you get, if they're playing man and you're ISO open on these guys, yes, it should be just like that. Do you get the feeling that Chip Long's out thinking himself a little bit? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think he I, I think he's frustrated. Number one, Notre Dame lacks offensive speed. Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of what Chip Long's offense has been. I mean, even last year when they took a huge dip in in explosive plays, I think a lot of what he what he bases his offense on is that sooner or later, whether it's a certain play or or whatever, sooner or later something's gonna pop right for the big explosive, and he try he tries to set that up. But when your setup plays are getting blown up, it it really doesn't. You don't really have the freedom to get to the, you know, to get the others. Cause you, and you just don't have the speed to pop it. Right. I mean, I think 
I think the offense has to be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more power than what they've been doing. And they just haven't been doing that. I mean, Cole Komet has probably been under you was probably underused a little bit last week. I mean, and look, Ian book missed two, uh, two wide open passes to Cole Komet for touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's not like they're not trying. So it's a little bit of execution, a little bit of chip long. I think he's, yeah, I, I think that's, I think it's a good, I think he is kind of like out thinking himself a little bit, making it, making it more about what he's wants to do rather than what they can do at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. And which is ironic for me because I've been bitching that Notre Dame offensively and defensively for years, even, you know, even with Chip Long, Clark Lee have been more about adjusting to the opponent rather than just doing what they do. Like, it seems like, you know, Notre Dame always adjusts to the opponent and the opponent just does what they want. And, you know, when you lose, when you lose games like that, it frustrates you. Like, why aren't you doing more of what you do best? Uh, but I think offensively, it's hard to know what they do best. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think, all right, so let, let's say both Tony Jones and Jafar are healthy this week. Mm-hmm. And they have that, and they bring out the two-back set uh, and use that more. I mean, do, do you feel that that's, just just from what you saw, what, what we've seen from just our run-blocking scheme, do you feel that that kind of will help open it up some? I mean, I think it's contingent upon what we just talked about. Like, you have to set those plays up, and the offense and, and Chip Long's calling, it's just not setting those things up the way that we expect them to be. So I feel like, you know, I mean, yeah, it's going to be great to have two running backs in the backfield, and Tony Jones is your power guy, and Jafar Armstrong's your slasher, and that's all well and great, but if you can't run the right routes with your outside receivers, and, and basically open up the defense that it doesn't matter. And, and and so I guess I, well, I agree with everything you said. I'm going to disagree to a certain extent. Like I don't think chip longs calling the right plays that will make those things happen. It's just, I I don't know. I I mean, there's been a lot of three and outs. Yeah. A lot of three and outs. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's first down play calling is what that is. Right. Right. And I mean, do you feel that he's being, um, I want to say this. I mean, do you think that he's, do you think Chip's being aggressive enough or do you think he's being, uh, you know, I, do you think he's being aggressive enough, you know, on those first down calls or is he being too aggressive where it's p- putting him in a hole? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's aggressive versus, versus not aggressive. I think it goes back to like my question to you. I think he's out thinking him th- himself. I think he's calling plays that he thinks will work. But in reality, what you got to do is you got to call that like inside zone, get your four yards and then go and set up, you know, like a play action or or some other play, some other call that's more traditional. That's not like, oh, I got really super clever and I I called this like counter and 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 this is like this, you know, this brand new sort of 
screen that I just designed didn't work, and and now I'm screwed. God, don't say the word twelve. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like it's frustrating to me as somebody who just like you know sits around and calls plays in Madden and NCAA fourteen, and just like they work. <laughs> but but I mean, like, I I honestly think that's what's ha- that's what's well, happening. I think he's out thinking himself. Let think me ask you this, and this is something that no no one really brings up. Um, sure. I, I think they might have they might have a little bit in the uh, in Chip Long's first year, and I have honestly, God, I, I really don't know if I have an answer or a strong opinion. But do you think um, you think it hurts Chip Long being on the sidelines as opposed to being up in the booth, um, or do you think that that's just the way he is, anyways? I mean, could it be like a you know, could some of this be just a problem from you know Tommy, <clears throat> excuse me, Tommy Reese or somebody else being up? you know, in the booth, not relaying exactly what, you know, it's, it's hard field level to see coverages and all that. So, you know, I know a lot of offensive coordinators like to be up there and, you know, so they can see the field and be able to, you know, to pick their play calls that way. Chip likes it being on the ground. He likes having his quarterback right there. And I I get that. Um, Do you think there's something to that or am I, am I overthinking that? I mean, honestly, if there's even remotely a question, I would want my OC to try to either sit up there or put someone new up there. And like, I get trusting Tommy Reese. Like he's, you know, he's, he's an integral part of the Notre Dame football story and the lore. But like, if, if it's not working, you have to try something new, maybe go sit there for a game. Yeah. You know, and I'm not suggesting that, and I'm not suggesting that's the problem. I just don't know. You know, like I, I'm trying to. No, like, I think I think it's it, a totally it, valid thing to think about. Like, if 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 you or I were failing at our jobs, we would look at every way that we could change that. Right. right? And I, I mean, and I just I don't know if. I mean, I would. I, maybe that doesn't make Chip Long better up there. You know, I mean, maybe that maybe that makes him think too much. You know, he's got. <laughs> but yeah, but you, know, but you, you I, do have great play callers that are guys that are, that go off a of feel and all that. And look. Right, but what I'm, I'm not, saying is that it's worth a try. Like it's worth giving that a look. Right? Yeah. Do you, I mean, is that something though that you think you can do mid-season or is that something that they're they're going to have to look at after the season? I think I try it on a Tuesday. You know? <laughs> try. <it. laughs> like just just give it a shot. See what happens. <laughs> I, I mean, I just cuz I think that's a major thing. I think if if they did anything like that, it would have to be something looked at afterwards. I, I just don't know. I mean, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's not, no, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm really, I'm surprised even for all the chip long bashers there are out there. And look, I am not one of them. I actually like chip long quite a bit. I, and I think it's ridiculous that Notre Dame doesn't offer up chip long and Clark Lee more often. Like, I don't care what, I don't oh, really, yeah, don't, I really, I really don't care what players have to say after the game. Cause number one, no reporter is going to badger a player for an answers when they're all like the most generic. I mean, Ian book gets up there and says nothing. Yeah. Like he basically says nothing, and you're not going to badger him for that. Cause that's what they're telling him. And he's a kid. He's a kid. He, just, he doesn't have to, but yeah. I mean, I think like a, you know, maybe a couple times a year during the season, the coordinator should be available because they're the ones who hold more of the answers. Now, I know Notre Dame was, doesn't want to make them accountable. It's kind of a, a scapegoat for them to put these players out there. Um, they might as well not put them out there at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I know the the, uh, the Notre Dame beat guys, they, they would punch me in the face because everyone complains about 
lack of availability for some guys, this and that. I mean, I really don't care what the, most of the players have to say. They, they don't allow them to be themselves. I mean, Liam Eikenberg, you know, said they were going to beat the shit out of, out of Virginia Tech last year. We haven't heard a, we haven't heard a word from him ever, ever since. <laughs> and that was the most real thing we've heard. Yeah, uh, you know, Julian Love was was a good interview. There's certain guys that you know that that are going to give you something, but you're getting nothing out of the guys they're sending out there now. I mean, it's just, yeah. it just seems like nothing. I I would like to hear more from Chip Long. I mean, and I like the guy. Chip's uh, yeah. Chip's a straight shooter. Like, I don't think he would. No, you know, I don't think a. I think he could take the heat, and I think that he'd be calm enough to answer it. Now he'd be like somewhat defensive. I guess, you know, I guess, but I mean, but he's going to give you the the straight up answer. It may not be the answer we're all looking for or even one that's pretty for the university, but it's going to be honest. And I, I'd rather have that than, than what we're getting, I guess. Yeah, no. And it's funny you'd mention it because a couple of weeks ago when it was just Jude and I on this podcast, we were talking about the USC game. And I think I predicted Notre Dame scoring less than 30 points. And I could just hear Jude look at me sideways. Like, they haven't scored less than 30 points under chip long since whenever. And it was like years before. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was trending that way. I mean, just, yeah, it's I mean, been, it's, it's been some very uneven play. Ian book has not, has been not the Ian book that we had hoped. Right now that doesn't, we have seen better play from Ian book. So it's not like it's, it's not possible. That that's, I think that's one of the more frustrating parts. And I think that the Notre Dame, I think Brian Kelly um, can't make it any more clear without bashing Phil Dracovic than that Ian Book is just like leaps and bounds better than Phil Dracovic. Yep. So they're not going to put Phil in, even though you're screaming for him. I mean, Brian Kelly can't say it anymore ways than what he's have said it. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're going to get into more of that. We're going to take a quick break, uh, pay some bills around here. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit bigger picture stuff uh, with Notre Dame, and then we'll lead into uh, some prediction talk for, for Duke. So uh, be right back. All right. All right. So some of the things that have been bro- you know kind of brought up lately because we're getting closer to the end of the season, Notre Dame's out of the playoff picture, are, is obviously like next year. And a big part of next year is who is going to play quarterback for Notre Dame, obviously. And going into the season, Ian Book was kind of tagged as a guy that was going to be gone. He was going to have his good Ian Book season and and move on to the NFL. I mean, regardless of what your thoughts were about where he'd go, that was going to be the case. Now it is almost a certainty that Ian Book is coming back next year. And I, I really wish Jude was on this. I, I love you, Brad, but Jude and I had the, had a very powerful conversation about this in the summer. So offended. Uh, well, we had, <laughs> we had a really, we had, we had a pretty big argument about this in the summer, Like he, you know, wants a book to move on because we're holding back Dracovic. And I just told him, I don't care. I I'm, I'm a year for year guy. And in that position, and then that position right there, you know, if that sets us back then. Oh, well, but I, I, I'm, it's time to win now. So where, where are you at on that spectrum? Like I'm all, I'm all for Ian book coming back next year, like 1000%. Like, do I want a third year starter at quarterback? That's one of shitload of games. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll absolutely take that. 
Well, call me traditional, but I'll take the junior over the freshman anytime. I mean, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, give me Ian Book next year. It's fine. Now, um, Jude, Jude brought forth, you know, that they would almost certainly force a transfer uh, for Chikovic, which seems that that's, and th- this isn't, I mean, this is some speculation, but um, it seems more and more that it's coming out that, you know, if, if that's the case, you know, f- maybe Phil will bounce. Does that bother you at all? I mean, I mean, nah. would, would you would you rather Ian Book transfer for a fifth year somewhere else and we get Jerkovic next year, or would you rather Ian Book come back next year as a third year starter and Jerkovic transfer? I think I'd rather have Book back. Yeah, I bet. I, I don't. I don't. Jerkovic is is the he's the unproven commodity in the situation and. What have we seen happen with all of those quarterbacks that have transferred away from Notre Dame, like Gunnar Keel and Everett Golson and, and Andrew Hendricks, like Brandon Wimbush, wide, Brandon Wimbush. wide receiver yeah, for UCF right now. There, yeah. There's, there's no, I, I, I get it that you want to realize that potential, but I would so much rather have Ian book back for a third year. Right. And it's also saying, you know, <laughs> take recruiting rankings at fucking face value exactly like preseason <clears throat> rankings right you know and that's not i don't want to knock phil or, or think that his, that his potential is not there anymore or that, that he isn't as good as recruiting ranking he could absolutely turn it all around i mean really come on strong i think if if he does return there will be a, a quarterback competition i think brian kelly will turn it into one i think sure. it's one that ultimately ian book will win because that's not fair to you know for Ian Book's going to have that conversation with them, right? Like, you know, right. I am coming back to be the starter, and if not, I'm going to go somewhere else to play. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that, a fair that un- that's a fair conversation to have, and that understanding, yeah, that understanding will be there. So when that, that decision is made, right, and that would be the reason why Drakovic would bounce because he's like, all right, I don't have a shot really to win it. So I mean, it all makes sense. I yeah, I'm all about if Book's coming back, he's coming back. That's fine. I'll take him. I, I was, we will have Notre Dame should have their entire starting offensive line back next year. Mm-hmm. You have, you, you could uh, possibly have Cole Komet back next year. That's, I think that's about 50 50 right now. You know, you're going to have a lot of wide receivers. I mean, you're losing Chase Claypool, but, but you get Kevin Austin back, uh, you know, from whatever the thing, whatever you want to call it. There you go. So, anyways, there's a lot coming back on all, on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, running back wise, and there's stuff coming in. You know, if Chris Tyree is what we think he is, uh, you know, there's some bonus speed on you know on that side of the ball. Uh, Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsey, it, it could be a more explosive offense next year with a experienced front five. Yeah. So I kind of want my general to be a guy that can get the ball to those guys. More efficient. I mean, as I I have more trust in book than I do Djokovic. Uh, one guy that isn't coming back in uh, Dante Vaughn, who I think there was some speculation that kind of hold off and maybe get him a fifth year. Um, and that doesn't seem to be the case at all now. 
Uh, and it seems like he's really took over on uh, the, as the boundary corner. I mean, he kind of, he had a good game against Virginia Tech. I, I, I was, you know, his best game of his career was against Duke in 2016. Uh, I so so I mean, what do you what do you think about what do you think about Dante Vaughn? You know, moving forward. You know, it's hard to say. I I really liked him when he was younger. I thought he was, yeah, I thought he had a lot of potential, but I think your point about other people playing well is a very good point. I think it's very valid, and I think, you know, that's another thing he has to think about. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, for, I mean, for sure. Uh, I just, uh, like, I, I I wanted to give Dante some a prop on, on the show. Uh, he He was one of my kind of, like, uh, um, you know, favorites over the summer, I guess you you could say. I, I thought, you know, I know there's some people that have very strong opinions opposite of mine. Uh, I, you know, I actually thought he played fairly well. We've talked about this before against Clemson. I, I thought he, he was yeah. in position. Uh, I know Tim Priester likes to make fun of the the whole thing about him being in position, but I don't know what's so funny about a corner being there to make a play. Uh, <laughs> so I, 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 will, I will bring up the 2000 and uh, five Fiesta Bowl uh, as a way for corners not to be. Uh, <laughs> make a fucking play. You just so, triggered everyone. So yeah, but I mean, so I, I just I think I think a lot of the, you know how the defensive side of the ball plays the rest of the season. I don't want to say hinges on Dante Vaughn, but he really seems to you know if he can take that over and, and play play that way. I, I think they really you know. With the offensive, we got a play coming up. That's good for Notre Dame. Yeah. So he's your Esmir Bilal, right? Yeah, in a way. He's he just coming on a little later. Uh, that's fair. But that, but that brings me to this. So, so like, so Vaughn's gone now. Like a, after this year, Vaughn's gone. Yep. The secondary shakeup for next year, it, you know, it could be interesting. I mean, there's, I, we're all working under the assumption that Lohi Gilman's gonna is gone after this year. Mm-hmm. Although Gilman hasn't really had. I mean, I, he's not had the season that he had last year. No. no yeah, no one in the defensive backfield has. So, yeah, Jalen Elliott's uh, disappeared. Has struggled quite a bit um, yeah. in coverage. So, you know, maybe maybe there's a bug in Gilman. Like, you know, if he can come back and have another season he had in 2017 and – or, excuse me, in 2018, uh, have it in 2020, you know, maybe his draft stock's a little higher. Maybe. Um, he's going to be, you know, Gilman's kind of a mid to late round guy anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and this is like, I love Gilman, but this is just kind of like the NFL standard bullshit, right? Yeah. Like they're, you know, your fingers, if they're a half a millimeter shorter than they want, but you've had like 20 interceptions, eh, they might pass on you. It, it's ridiculous right. bullshit. Yeah. <clears throat> but it might be enough, you know, to bring him back. So we don't, I don't know, but Kyle Hamilton, does, listen, Kyle Hamilton's going to be a starting safety. We right, do know and, that. And we have an incoming transfer from Ohio State. It's right. And I think, right. And I think there could be an outgoing transfer with Houston Griffith, depending upon how yeah. all this goes down. I mean, does Griffith move back to corner? I just don't think that's the best use of his skill set. 
And if he's a safety, how's that going to work with Isaiah Pryor and Kyle Hamilton back there? Is it going to be how they're doing it this year? I mean, Griffith next year is going to be a junior. I mean, he's he's running out of eligibility. That's so, point. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, you know, Sean Crawford, if he comes back for a sixth year, which would be huge, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he shot that down pretty hard, like before the season and early in the season. And now, you know, that's, that's getting softened up quite a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and I've said, I, I might've said in the last uh, show I did with Greg, you know, I, I think, you know, if he would have had a healthy, full healthy season this year, all right, but he got injured. Mm-hmm. And miss some time, and and he's probably. I I I just don't see the NFL and Sean. I love Sean Crawford. I mean, I, I fucking love him. Hashtag Ohio forever. Love him, and but I just don't know. I, I think the NFL would eat him up a lot. I he's just had too much issues with his body. I think yeah. a, a a season in the NFL would would damn near kill him. Uh, you know, you start talking about sixteen games in a season, and. It, Execs know this, so it's going to be. I think the NFL is going to be a rough, rough go for Sean Crawford with given with his history. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I saw that so, injury live, by the way. Arms don't go that way. It was crazy. yeah. So I mean, you have the option of like living that practice squad. What a, I mean, you're getting paid, man. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you're getting a little bit of money, but you're living that life, or are you coming back to Notre Dame, probably get like I mean, for your sixth year. So you probably he's going to have a double master then, <laughs> you know, I mean, get another, get another year in the books, another degree. I, you know, the other chance to play big time football. I, I think he's going to find that hard to turn down when it's all said and done. Yeah. That makes sense. So, get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Come back, Sean. I, I really do. I really, I mean, I love that kid. Yeah. I want him back so bad next year. I think that makes Notre Dame, incredibly better, especially, you know, not just on the defensive backfield, but defense as a whole team as a whole, Sean Crawford, he comes back. is going to be, have a C on his chest yep. and he should. Yep. Ugh. You know, something Greg and I talked about last week was speaking of C on the chest was about captains this year and how, you know, Brian Kelly likes to say they, they were, they lead better as a group, but it, to me, it just doesn't seem like it's working. Like it's a, it's a big hodgepodge. Like you got all these yeah. captains and nothing like your best leaders is a guy without the C. It seems like it's Chase Claypool. He's yeah. the one that that's laying it all out on the line and, you know, firing up the troops. And I, I don't know. I, I think that says like, there's a big reason why Notre Dame laid an egg up in Michigan. And a lot of it has to do with leadership, not just from Brian Kelly, but on the team. I just, I don't think, I don't think the the leadership roles that they're or whatever they're doing is working. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, my experience in football is high school. Football, and I know that the biggest leaders and the smartest people on my team were not the captains. They were God, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. They were the athletic director's son and a referee's son. Like <laughs> who's going to get you in trouble for saying that? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to go back like well, in December to my hometown. I, Everybody's going to be looking at me sideways. Like no, high school stuff. politics, are high school politics. Yeah. But I'm not big. I'm not big on politics. Like, no, I mean, look, my senior year, the coaches named two captains, right. And they were both guys that were suck. They were, they were suck asses. You know, yeah. they were kissing that. So me, me and another guy were just, 
We just said, fuck this. We walked yeah. right up to the front front and led the team and we yeah. were captains. We're going to be the leaders. I, I, look, no, you're, the coaches are going to tell us who's leading us. Cause I'm not following. Them. So, uh, so at a, at a place like Notre Dame, do you feel like maybe there's a little bit of deterrence against Chase Claypool walking up to the front of the locker room and saying, look, I don't have a C on my chest, but I'm going to lead you. I just don't think that's an issue. Like I, I think, I mean, I think they, I think that's what's going on. And I mean, and that's fine, but I, that, 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 that's what makes the whole captain thing to me such a big mystery. Like the whole, yeah. like the large number, like if none of you, you know, in Chase Claypool and you know, the beat writers will say, you know, he was not going to be a captain. Like there's nothing in his past, you know, immature stuff, whatever it was, stuff, that, stuff that we don't really know about, but these guys see daily. But I mean, for whatever it is, it's just not, they, they lead better as a group. Well, aren't they all out on the field of the same <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. What does that mean? Like, I, I, I don't get it. You know, I really thought, I really thought they had more from guys like Gilman and Elliot, um, and you know, Aquara, you know, and I thought it was a big deal that they made Ian Book a captain, you know, as a quarterback, which doesn't happen in the Brian Kelly era. Yeah, and I mean, but none of it seems like none of it. They lead better as a group. They lead yeah. better as a group. What does that mean? I don't, I'm not a better manager because I was given better like reports. Like I hired my reports. I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't I'm get still, that. I, I went along with it when he first said it. Look, yeah, you know, that makes sense. And, but as we've seen the team move on, it's like, there's no clear cut guy that's taken over. Like, yeah, I hate saying this, but like, there's no Tim Tebow moment. You know, like we're that that's the guy, that's the leader of your fucking team. That's the guy that's calling the shots and get, and calling guys right. out and getting it rolling. But yep. the problem is, is that guys have been struggling. Like our captains, you know, and this goes back to like, you know, your better players need to be captains because, you know, when you're struggling playing, it's hard to lead. And, uh, you know, Ian Book has not had a great season. It's hard to lead when you're struggling. Julian Aquara has not had a great season. That's another really good point. Yeah. Alohi Gilman has not had his best at Jalen Elliott. I mean, the, and not to say that they've had horrible seasons or bad seasons, but they have not been up to what a last year or B what we thought their potential was this year. And it's hard to lead uh, when you're struggling with yourself. Yeah. I mean, who were the like 2017, 2015 even captains? Like didn't Niles Morgan have a C on his chest? And that was another yeah. guy who, like, you know, there, there were things in his past that were probably Chase Claypool-esque, but he played out of his mind that year. Yeah, I think this year, to me, this year equates a lot to uh, 2013, yeah. which, you know, makes sense. 2012 was an undefeated uh, regular season with tons of, like, just built-in leadership. I mean, that team was loaded with leaders. Yeah. Uh, and then 2013 came around, and it I remember saying it early in the season, like you can really tell the lack of leadership. They're like, Oh, is a captain supposed to make TJ Jones cash out? I'm like, no, but there's like all these other little things. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that again. And, you know, you know, yeah, I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, and not to say that, I don't know. You know a lot of the guys that were leaders are back, but you know, there's Drew tranquil. That's, that's an all time, you know, underrated too. Yeah. Drew tranquil. Oh yeah. Well, he will only get better in the eyes of people as time goes on. I don't think yeah. anyone realized what we had when we had him. 
kind of like like Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith, exactly. I mean, I'm watching NFL highlights last Sunday, and I see Drew Tranquil and Harrison Smith's faces. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, there's there's a general lack of leadership. And I'm not bagging on those guys either wearing the seat. That's a heavy responsibility. And when they're trying to, to, to make their play at a high level and try and, you know, it's hard. And they're struggling. It's hard to bring everybody else up. So November is here. This is the time for leaders. This is the time to to get it done. You know, we're we're gonna see that. We're gonna see that. I think right away down in down at Duke. This should be a game where Notre Dame. I mean, fuck all the noise. They should be going down there and kicking the shit out of these guys. They're physically bigger. They're a faster team. They have the better players overall. I love Cutcliffe as a coach, but you got beat the hell up like 44 to 10 by Virginia. Okay. So 48, 14, 40, 14. Okay. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of four. There's a lot of forties. Like they, anyways, this, you, this should be the game. Like this shouldn't have been because Michigan happened. That's, you know, if we lose close or if we beat Michigan, the spread on this game is like the same as it was last week against Virginia tech, like 18, 19, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I just I think we're going to see a lot of what we have. This is going to be what looked like one of the least interesting games before the season. I think has quickly become one of the more interesting games because the rest of the season, you know, hinges on the next game completely now, right? Yep. And this is the starter. So, do you think we're looking at like a New Mexico level beatdown, or are we looking like a? No, 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 no. I I think I I mean I predicted like I think forty one thirteen. That's fair. I, I, which, you know, going into the fourth quarter, maybe it's, maybe Notre Dame's up like, you know, 28, 10 or some shit like that. And I, I just don't think Duke can score the, is going to be able to score. Yeah. And then I think Notre Dame just kind of maybe pours that on late. Um, yeah. Just kind of has that avalanche towards the end and maybe in some garbage time. Um, yeah. You know, the garbage time when they finally like get the ball to, to, to their fast guys, like, like Braden Lindsay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're finally yeah. getting Lindsay on sweeps and throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah so finally, I, I just yeah, I don't I mean, know. I have I have a feeling that they're gonna the offense is kind of gonna explode a little bit, and it's gonna be out of character. It's gonna be that is not gonna tell the tale for the rest of the season. Like I think Notre Dame is gonna it's gonna be mucked up against Navy. Uh, yeah. So, but I think it, as long yeah. as they go down there and they show that they can do it, I think that that says a lot of good for the rest of the season. I think you're right. I think I think you've turned me a little bit. I'm I'm gonna retroactively extend my prediction for Notre Dame score to be like 31 to 14 instead of that's 17 a that, to that's a good score. That's a good. I, score. Think, that, I think that sounds about right. That was that was I think that was generally where I was leaning at uh, before, and I'm just like, you know what? Fuck this. They could do 40. <laughs> that could happen. Uh, yeah. so, I don't know how many white claws I was in when I finally wrote that down, but. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I just think that they could, they could li- go down there and just light them up and no one's going to care except, <laughs> so then that's fine. Uh, yeah. it's a big weekend this weekend in college football, Bama and LSU, but Notre Dame just has to keep plugging away. Yes. We're not going to win the national title this season. We're not going to the college football. And it's according to Pete Sampson, it's 50, 50 for the cotton bowl, depending on how things happen. Uh, but Notre Dame has to win out to get there. And I think if they went out, I think if they went out, get to the Cotton Bowl, and beat whoever the hell it is in the Cotton Bowl, as crappy as it still is that that 
it's, this is a decline from last season. It's still a good season. You're 11 and two, 11 and two with a new year, six bowl game. Yeah, I'll take it. I, I think that was my, pr- I think that might've been my prediction. No, I think it was 11 and one. It's damn near close to what I predicted before the season. So, so you're I saying there's a chance. So, so I can't be too pissed off about a one game swing uh, off of a prediction. If that's indeed what they can do. Um, so I'm good with that. Yeah, that's what they need to shoot for at this point. That's success in my mind. Yeah, I mean, because that's that's the, you know, that that's the new, I mean, the goalposts move all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But if something is un, unattainable, you still have to have a goal to finish out to, for your season, right? Even yeah. if they were only had two wins right now, there, there still has to be a goal in front of you to accomplish for you yeah. to move forward into yeah. next year. Yeah, you've got to have that metric for success. I think... Uh... Well, you're not going to sell too many up, seniors yeah. on that, but <laughs> but but no, but what you just said is is pretty much. I mean, that's that's 100 what the metric for success for this team should be. You yeah. know, yeah, I think I think they'll be fine. I think it's yeah. fine. I'm with you. All right, well, you got any, you got anything else you want to shout out before we wrap up here? Uh, I'm looking forward to the basketball season. I guess we'll go back to that, and everybody's just going to tune out when I say that, but. Yeah, I think uh, I think this might be a fun basketball season. I'm looking forward to not being in school anymore, so I can actually write about basketball. That's going to be fun. I'm I'm going to be back essentially. I am really looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be back. And so is Pat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got the I got a final and a presentation left, and then I'm done. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And then you'll be you'll be bagging up that Notre Dame paper. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I. Yeah, I'm not really much of a basketball guy. I mean, I love college basketball, don't get me wrong, but it's never been like obviously, you know, the number one for me has always been college football. But of course, yeah. I, I got generally excited about this season just based off of what um all the struggles we had last year, but knowing that, you know, everyone's coming back. It was a young team, they got some experience. Let's see what what Bray can do. Um, but also I am extremely excited about the hockey season. Oh, uh, yeah. Big look, look, underrated, big time four points up in Minnesota last weekend. Yeah, that's true. Huge yeah. series this weekend against Ohio State. Look, Notre Dame trying to go three time Big Ten champions, uh, you know, in hockey. I'm all for it. And sign me up. Look, the previews for hockey usually drop Thursday nights, Friday mornings. Uh, Lino Garcia takes care of that for us. Lauren and Billy take care of our game recaps from the weekend. <clears throat> but, um, you know, generally in the, in the preview, it'll look a lot of these Notre Dame games. If you have cable or satellite, you can watch. There's there, a lot of these are actually end up being televised, whether it be on big 10 network or uh, NBC sports channels. Got them. You can watch, watch a lot of these games. Look, Notre Dame hockey games are fire. They are fire and games inside Compton. Ridiculous fire. That is a gorgeous place to not just be in for a hockey game, but to watch too. I mean, like that place is amazing. Yeah, dude, it's it's fantastic. It's fit. I I uh, I have latched full on to uh, college hockey for like the last couple like couple seasons now. Uh, I'm I'm totally into it. Like I, I have I've totally bought into college hockey being like 
the greatest thing right now. So yeah, the one thing I would add to that is don't be afraid if you don't understand hockey because it's a whole lot of fun to watch even if you don't. And then yeah. by the time by the time you're done, you'll understand it too. That's and, I mean, I went to a hockey school for my undergrad and I didn't know hockey. I just went to the games to have fun. And then before I left, I understood hockey. Brother, let me ask how much broom ball did you play down in Miami? <laughs> I got a I got a lot of bloody noses playing broom ball. You know what? I was on my uh, uh I was just on a on a visit there. Yeah, uh, like, no, no, can't remember if that was my junior or senior year. Um, but like Miami was like my my. I've told this story many times before. Miami was my number one school uh, for a long time. I uh, was good at heading there, heading there, heading there. Then I took Eastern Michigan, and they flipped me, flipped my commitment right there on the spot. Can't tell you why. It just <laughs> it just happened. Uh, but no, I remember. I remember though the visits to Miami. They just they love talking about broomball. Yeah, I, I mean, my first two years, I was like playing and club basketball and then i just got old and i decided i'm just gonna go slide around on the ice out here with a broom and it was way more fun. <laughs> way more fun love that mac tune in tuesday nights for your maction it's back exactly back in full effect so I, you know one foot down the uh uh account for notre dame football bloggers <laughs> so <laughs> all right well that's it for us um look we're gonna I guess some of us are going to watch the ACC network and we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens here. Um, if you, if you don't have the ACC network and don't know how to watch the football game, we have an article up that, but it directs you straight to uh, our friends over at her loyal sons. They put together a pretty extensive piece on how to get the AC network, ACC network, uh, you know, for a temporary time enough to watch the game. Um, unfortunately though, you know, there's going to be a lot of Notre Dame basketball games, I think, on ACC Network this year. So it might be something you want to stick around with. Uh, I don't know. I'm just just laying that out there. There's it's probably where, where you're going to get some of these games. So for Brad and I and for Jude, who is resting up at home after a tough week, uh, go Irish. Go Irish. Go Irish.